all about before they were stars this week. Welcome. This is the Fright Club Podcast. I'm Hope Madden. And I'm George Wolf, and we're from MadWolf.com. We're going back, back in the archives to take a look at uh, some how some big stars kind of got first noticed in some horror films. Yeah, so it's not going to be like a skeleton's a closet, which we do kind of, you know, every so often we'll just look at the really god-awful early horror work from people. These are actually good films. So a couple of them really good films mm-hmm. that kind of got some major celebrities uh, noticed back when they were still struggling. Yeah, some were actually film debuts. Some, the people have made some before, but weren't quite names yet. Yeah, sure. But now they're movies where you look back and go, yeah, and that has, look who's in this. So uh, and we've talked about a few of these before, but some not, and uh, I think at least one or two might surprise you. So we'll get into that, but first we have to say another big uh, thank you to the uh, second appearance last week from our senior Aussie correspondent Corey Metcalf. That's right. He uh, joined us for the best slashers countdown because he's a huge, huge slashers fan and helped us out with that one. And I gotta admit, which we knew at the time, so it, it caused a bit of a, a bit of a ruckus. We had. Uh, <laughs> Can you describe the ruckus? <laughs> there was a squabble because I defined uh, slasher. I, 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 for our purposes, I, I put out a definition of slasher and it eliminated certain, which was the point because there are a hundred thousand different slasher movies, and I wanted something a way to sort of decide exactly what we were looking at and george immediately had a bone to pick with my definition i'm just happy because it looks like i might have won one i know right i know <laughs> i usually go into it knowing no i'm not I'm, this is this is futile for me but i'm going to say it anyway but yeah um i kind of threw out there that uh, i might call psycho a slasher film i think psycho definitely for me uh and then maybe texas chainsaw and we had a few people Back me up on that. So, you know, I'm walking with a little pep in my step this week. <laughs> and, of course, I eliminated those because, as far as I'm concerned, it's not a slasher if you all go to one isolated right. spot. That's right. more of almost like a haunted house style film. Oh. Um, so, you know, for me, this the slasher has to chase you around and chase a group of people around and pick you off one by one. But whatever. You, you made your case, counselor. Okay. We've heard your side. <laughs> Although I do want to point out, um, Adam on Facebook said, uh, Peeping Tom. Yeah. And I did think about including Peeping Tom. It doesn't 100% fit my definition, but it is a great movie. So I just thought I would yeah. throw it out there. He, he mentioned Peeping Tom and I do love that movie. So even though we didn't do that honestly we didn't do that just to try to make a fake argument it, it, it's nice sometimes when we do disagree like that because it gets conversation going which is always fun uh at, at, at mad wolf on i have one Twitter. thing to say about that what house yeah i know <laughs> well, that's like scoreboard you're like i know i lost everybody that. agreed with me on the movie house i, I realize that so you know but i like, like i said i'm just happy to get one maybe one a half of one but uh, that was a lot of fun, Slashers. And by the way, we're going to continue the Slasher talk when we kind of return the favor uh, on Corey's triple cast this week. That's right. He also has a podcast on Golden Spiral Media, which is uh, the lovely people who host our show. And uh, it's called Triple Cast, and it's about movies. And he, he talks about for three weeks in a row on a theme. So three different films on one theme. And the theme right now uh, for October is is crazy slasher sequels. So we were on last week and we talked about Halloween, Halloween six. It's just called really Halloween Curse of Michael Myers. But we talked about it really because of Paul Rudd. Paul Stephen Paul Rudd. Stephen Rudd. That's right. Excuse. So uh, we're going to talk to. We're actually going to tape it later tonight. We're going to talk about um, Sleepaway Camp Two. Woo! And I'll tell you what. If I didn't care for Halloween, the Curse of Michael Myers, and I didn't. That is Citizen Kane compared to this piece of 
<laughs> so there's a little George preview. George <laughs> does not have a really high tolerance uh, for bad horror movies. No. I, you know what? I can, I, I'll watch them all day. I, I like bad horror movies in, in it for their own way. In their own way. Oh, but I'm sitting not. there watching this sleepaway camp thing. Really? The sequel, Is, by the way, not the original. No, no, right. no. Uh, I know that's a lot of fun. But, uh, oh, man, bad. Anyway, so that's going to be... So uh, we'll make fun of that later this week. Check we us out. It's on Wednesday. Those, those go, uh, Triple Cast goes live on Wednesdays. Yeah, and Wednesdays are good for us because that is the, this coming Wednesday, is the uh, next edition, a special edition of Fright Club Live, our live movie screening. We're going to do it uh, this coming Wednesday, Gateway Film Center, uh, right there on the OSU campus in Columbus. If you're in the central Ohio area, please come down. And this is special because for the first time ever, we're going to record this very podcast live with a pumped studio audience. That's so. right. I'm excited. Yeah, so get get ready. We're gonna we're gonna count down the five best New Zealand horror films just before we unspool Housebound, which yeah. is so much fun to watch in a crowd. So much fun. So it's gonna be a big time. We're gonna have prizes, gonna have a lot of fun and record that podcast. So more on that coming up. Can but, I say just one more thing yeah, before we please, jump in? Please. Because you know I'm geeked about it. I got to to interview director Rodney Asher yesterday. So, of uh, Room 237 and The Nightmare, I got to interview Speaking him yesterday. Speaking of pep in your step. That's right. <laughs> so, I just, wanted to, I just wanted to say that that was awesome, that he is just as cool as you think he might be, and that the whole uh, QA will be on um, ScreenRelish.com. That is so cool, and uh, you got some serious, serious online love, especially in the horror uh, forum on Facebook, the Columbus Horror. You threw that out there, and it was just like, you know... Flies on, you know what going that's on? Right. Oh, Woo! that's so cool! So he was he was as great as you expected. He was, he was awesome. Yeah, he was awesome. Yeah, so that's uh, and he he doesn't really have anything in the can, right? Coming up soon. No, what he says is he's got he doesn't have anything full time. He's got four or five different projects. He's just waiting to see which one kind of takes root. And that is going to be that interview is going to be posted at screenrelish.com. Correct. Here soon, very soon. Probably Monday. Okay, so you can always check out that uh, website as well because we both do a lot of writing on ScreenRelish.com, as well as our uh, home, MadWolf.com. So, all right, we want to get to the uh, the Top 5 Countdown. It's Before They Were Stars, How You Like Me Now, and we're going to start out at number 5 with this guy has become one of the leading A-listers. Oscar-nominated three years in a row, and he, he's got, it's only a matter of time before he wins. Uh, and that is Bradley Cooper, back to 2002 in My Little Eye. You know the number one cause of most stockings? Forgetfulness. People forget and close their curtains. Now I suddenly feel all in display. Hate this house. Take cover. Creepy ass house. Hello, can anybody hear me? Please. You guys don't have to worry. You're much more likely to be killed by somebody you know. So it's not a giant role that he has in this film, but it's a pivotal one. And it's sort of a, you know, MTV real world sort of a situation. You know, these five people from different parts of the country, different walks of life, they all sign on to live in a house for a year and be watched. But it's not for a TV. It's for, uh, it's online. And, uh, and they haven't really looked closely into the background of all of this. And the idea is if they leave the house at all in a year, they don't, none of them get any money. But if they all stay, then they get a million dollars. And uh, and then toward the end of the year, bad things start to happen. Food stops arriving. Uh, letters from home start getting spooky. And then eventually, some handsome lost hiker shows up on the door, and it is Bradley Cooper. Um, <laughs> and and uh, his his character sort of um, introduces a, a bit of chaos and a lot of horror follows. I mean, it's a, he's a his ca- his character is a is a catalyst in the film, and it's also the film is a bit 
claustrophobic and drab. And he also he comes when he comes in, it's a lot of sort of energy and new life. And he's very interesting. And, and of course, he's just gorgeous. And it's it's just a really big shakeup in the film when he shows up. And he, you know, he makes a big impression. It's not a very big role, but it's it's a sly one. And he does a nice job with it. And this was not his debut. This was his second movie. Right after What Hot American Summer. <laughs> Two wildly different movies. Uh, <laughs> Wet Hot is so great. Uh, and also the uh, the sequels on uh, Netflix that are running right now. Check that out if you haven't. But anyway, uh, yeah, Bradley Cooper. Now, when you're talking about Bradley Cooper in this type of role, I think immediately people are going to be thinking, why not Midnight Meat Train? Yeah, well, that's a skeleton in the closet as far as I'm concerned. As you know, I'm not a big fan of the Midnight Meat Train, although it's a great title. It is a great title and why they used it on the marquee in Silver Linings Playbook. That's right, they did. Awesome. Such a nice little callback. But uh, so this is one that uh, this is just from 2002, not one that I'd heard of. Yeah. Um, but uh, well, yeah. it's kind of one that falls almost in the found footage category, you know, in a lot of ways. And and you might if, if you were to sort of Google, I don't know, good found footage films, this one kind of bubbles up. It is an interesting movie. It's not brilliant, but it, it's it's creepy. It is. It was co-written by James Watkins, who we will talk about again later in there. But he's he's got a nice he's got a nice career going for him in horror. So so is it a straight up found footage? No, I mean for the mo- for most of it, most of it is is showing you what's happening through like sort of fisheye cameras around mm-hmm. the house. But there, a lot of it is not. A lot of it is just you're sort of in the house with the people. But as I think, what happens in a lot of these when you have someone who went on to be a big star in a in a smaller role, not always, as you've mentioned with. Uh Brad Pitt in uh, Cutting Class, but they make an impression because they have the talent. Yeah, and and you know, it's, it's, I think it's more than just talent. Um, although certainly Bradley Cooper has that. He just has a presence about him. He's got charisma, mm-hmm. you know. And he he, I think for me, really great actors. It's not the their the way they act; it's the way they react to other people. That's what I think sets people apart. There are people who come in and deliver their lines and wait for their next line. There are other people who seem to thrive off of what everybody else in the room is doing the way you would do in real life. And that's something that I think you can see from him. I would assume that's not only natural talent, but also training. I don't know. Could yeah. be. Well, I mean, you know, they're going to give you that in, if he's had a lot of... Uh, and we know from his appearance on Inside the Actor's that's Studio right. with uh, Sean Penn, <laughs> sorry, Louis C.K., uh, that he was a part of that. So, yeah, um, he shows up out of nowhere uh, in uh, My Little Eye 2002. And, and overall, a good movie. It is, yeah. Yeah, so so one to seek out. And that's number five in our Before There Were Stars countdown. And uh, moving on to number four, one that we've talked about a lot with good reason. I think we talked about it just last week. Uh, from 1984, the film debut for one Mr. Johnny Depp in A Nightmare on Elm Street. That has become one of the iconic images, and not just because it's Johnny Depp, but the fact that he just gets sucked through the bed, oh and then just that cascade of blood That's shower. Right. You know that, you're in trouble when there's no body bag, it's buckets. Yeah, yeah. So that was his film debut, poofy hair and all, <laughs> uh, found by Wes Craven. And then it was after this that 21 Jump Street he went on? Mm-hmm, okay. yeah. So, so this got him going, and uh, again, not a, a huge part in the movie as no. far as screen time. But he made an impression as you, as he usually does. Yeah, I think. I mean, his 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 talent is not as obvious in this one as say Bradley Cooper's is. You know, he's very he never acted before. He actually was like a musician. That's what he had come to 
L.A. to be as a musician. And uh, and and in interviews, Wes Craven has said he did not want to hire him. He did. He thought he was too pasty and goofy looking. And uh, but his daughter swooned. And so he's like, oh, well, I guess I'm not seeing what I should be seeing. So he hired him um, and obviously proved to be a fine play because like Bradley Cooper, he has three time Oscar nominated uh, Johnny Depp. He's gone on to be just one of the, you know, the most butts in seats actors that you have out there. And, and he could be number four here with Black Mask. Yeah, could and by be. the way, you're talking about coming uh, to uh, to Hollywood to be a musician. He's in that new. Have you heard about that new band he's in? It's it's Johnny Depp and, and Joe Perry. On guitar, uh, Alice Cooper is singing, and I think it's called. I think they're called the Hollywood Vampires. I swear to God, this is they're a real band, and they're doing shows out in the L.A. area. And I forget who's drumming, but uh, from all accounts, he is a very capable uh, musician, very capable guitarist. You can find clips of him on YouTube all over the place playing with uh, Marilyn Manson, and I got. Yeah. I, I would rather see him play with Marilyn Manson than Alice Cooper. But well, I mean, you know, I mean, yeah. I'll go <laughs> if someone's going to give me some tickets. I'm going, no, I think they're called the Hollywood Vampires and doing shows out there, so he's uh, multi-talented, but yeah, take it all the way back to 1984 and Johnny Depp's film debut in A Nightmare on Elm Street, and uh, 2009 is where you're going to find our uh, number three movie in our Before They Were Stars countdown, a nice little nice little thriller that kind of sneaks up on you, and it's uh, featuring Chris Hemsworth, A Perfect Getaway. Hey, baby, look, it's uh, Kale and Cleo getting married in Oahu. Yeah. Suitable for framing. You know what? We, we'll, we'll just drive you there. Oh, Ten miles. I mean, listen. Oh, oh could have been there by now. Maybe next time, huh? Oh, Kale, don't be that way. Baby, come on. Come on, guys. You don't have to make this a bigger deal than. We get out of this man's ride. Yeah, Johnny Depp at number four. Chris Hemsworth at number three. Hit it. It's if you didn't know that Hope assembled this countdown, you would now. <laughs> a perfect getaway. From, you like this movie? Yeah, I did like this movie, and uh, but I'm you know I'm more of a Steve Zahn kind of guy. <laughs> well, Tilly, Timothy Oliphant too. Yeah, Timothy Oliphant is always great, but this one it's a you you couldn't call it a, a horror movie really. It's a thriller. It's more of a thriller. It but is. there's definitely some some killing and some murder going on. Yes, there is, and it's 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 just a. It's a very clever sort of role reversal identity, you know, uh, film, and and um, it keeps you guessing the whole time because the uh, three different couples are are on the side of a mountain in Hawaii, all vacationing, and there's also a serial killer on the loose, and the serial killer is a couple. So it's like you know your your core couple, your your point of view character, Steve Zahn and Mila Jovovich. So through their eyes, you're looking at Timothy Oliphant and and his girlfriend, and uh and and is it them? Are they the killers? And then, but everybody originally thinks it's because Chris Hemsworth and his girlfriend they seem sketchy from the beginning, and he he he's a very menacing presence, and and so it's just a lot of like guesswork. Who is it? And are you my friend, or should I be afraid of you? And it's it's just very clever. The way it turns and, and the scenery is spectacular, yeah. and like and simultaneously scary because you're on the side of a mountain, and you know what I mean. It's like death could be anywhere. It's it's just, but the performances are great. The writing is very crisp. I mean, it's 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 nicely done. It reminds me a lot of that movie, and I forget the year uh, called Shoot to Kill. It was Sidney Poitier and Tom Berenger, <laughs> and and Kirstie Alley's in there too. It's yep. the same deal where you don't know. There's a group of hikers. Uh, they're out, you know, first they're, they're out in the woods and then they end up back in the city. Uh, but when they're in the woods, 
you don't know. Any group of these hikers could be the killer, and they make them each seem a little sketchy mm-hmm. every time. And one of the guys is um, the uh, guy from uh, Hellraiser. Uh, I forget his name, the actor, but one of the that gets torn apart in uh, in Hellraiser. Uh, he's one of the hikers in Shoot to Kill. Okay. Anyway, uh, it reminds me of that because it keep it makes. Each person seemed like, yeah, it could be them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that's how this works, too. And uh, it works pretty well uh, and keeps you guessing until the end. But uh, this is not Chris Hemsworth's debut. It's his second movie. I didn't realize this. He was in this, one of the Star Trek reboots. Yeah, he plays, uh, he plays Kirk's father. So it's like a one quick scene. Wow. Like, yeah, he plays Chris Pine's father. Mm-hmm. No idea. That mm-hmm. was his debut. It's a good looking family. You would know that. Yeah, you <laughs> done the uh, done the research work. But uh, and that was uh, the writer director uh, of uh, A Perfect Getaway, David Tui. Critters two on his resume as well. <laughs> Look at this resume. All of the Riddick movies. Right, right, right. But the Fugitive. Right. They're, yeah, that's that's, that's... Kind of, peak, <laughs> peaks and valleys. Uh, yeah. I guess. <laughs> Uh, but that, but but um, yeah, Perfect Getaway is one I think that uh, comes up as a movie that kind of slipped through the cracks, yeah. and then people find it maybe for for Chris Hemsworth now, and they people find it and end up watching, and then say, "Hey, that that was pretty good." Yeah, I can't, I mean, I gotta say, so Steve Zahn, both of us really like Steve Zahn. He's he's a great comic actor, and he's he's a good dramatic actor. He's just really good. But but Timothy Oliphant, how awesome is he? He's great. He's always great, and he is great in this movie. He, he is always great. Even, I don't know why he was in this piece of Situational crud. awareness, he says. Situational yeah. awareness. Yeah, he's great. Back, I had to see that. I am number four oh. years ago, and he shows up in that as, as one of the guy's dad. And he's just like, what are you doing? Because the movie was just heinous. But he's one of those guys yeah, that, he's always that just shows up and is good. Yeah. And just improves everything. Yeah. Go. Uh, I love him in Go. Go. He's awesome. He's great. He's awesome. And, uh, girl Next Door. The Girl Next Door. That's yeah. where he says, this guy is the best weed. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> and he had that show Justified, which we've never seen, but I guess was very good. Was on I for imagine, because he's yeah, awesome. Because he's always awesome. Uh, so he says, so a, a good cast all the way around and a nice little thriller and featuring... Uh, pause for hope to swoon a little bit. <laughs> the second appearance of Chris Hemsworth in 2009. And moving on up uh, to number two in our list of Before They Were Stars. This one gets a lot of love from us for good reason, and it features Michael Fassbender, Eden Lake. <laughs> Why don't we just find another spot? I'm not going to be bullied away by a bunch of 12-year-olds. Steve, where's the beach bag? It's got the car keys in it. Sloan, he sees 999. Now we've got to finish this. Oh my God, oh my God. Run! So Michael Fassbender had, had uh, done a couple of smaller films before this. He had done Hunger with um, Steve McQueen, who would actually go on, obviously, to, to direct him in the, his Oscar-nominated role in 12 Years a Slave. But it was a very minor film. Uh, small film, independent foreign language, not foreign language, independent foreign film. And uh, and this also was a very small film. And it's written and directed by James Watkins, who co-wrote My Little Eye, also directed uh, um, The Woman in Black, nice. which we love. Right? Yeah. He's, I, I mean, I just, I'm a big fan of his, and I, I'm intrigued in, to see everything else that he does. But he, so it's a, it's a very well-written film. It's a very well-directed film. It's brutal. Um, it's insightful. It's terrifying. But the thing that I think uh, the reason to talk about it today, good God, his casting. 
right? I mean, Michael Fassbender, really before anybody knew who he was, he'd been in 300, the movie 300, and then he'd been in the hung- in Hunger. Um, uh, and now all of a sudden he's got a chance to really be the, and he is so good in this because he's such a flawed character. He's so human. He's kind of a dick at times, you know, at the other, t- other times he's, he's, you know, uh, courageous. The other times he's a coward. He's smug. He's decent. I mean, he's just, he just does a, a miraculous job in this. Kelly Riley also is, is really great in this. She gets a chance to be like a very strong character, which is a nice change of pace for horror, but the other one, and he's not as big a name yet, but he's going to be Jack O'Connell yeah. is Oh my God! He just destroys this movie. He's terrifying in this movie. Yeah, and it's the the couple, uh, Michael Fassbender and Kelly Riley. They're getting away, and they think of this secluded lake, and uh, they're they're disturbed, they're um, bothered by a group of loud, unruly kids. And there's some nice foreshadowing in the beginning mm-hmm. when they just kind of cross paths with them, but not really. Uh, and then they they do, and Michael Fassbender doesn't want to be, you know, as he says, bullied by a bunch of twelve year olds. And goes over and confronts them, and then things go downhill from there, especially for him. And uh, it becomes a real, you know, tale of survival out there in in the woods. Uh, So it becomes a thriller in that regard. And uh, yeah, the kids, especially uh, Jack O'Connell, who is the the ringleader and the most sadistic, uh, and, and you find out why. Um, of of the uh, group, not only to uh, the adults, but to some fellow kids. Yeah, he's yeah. Uh, he he is great. And, oh my god, he's terrifying. Yeah, and he's then so it, great. It leads to uh, to a finale that, um, as I saw online from doing uh, research for this, uh, boy, it so, didn't go didn't go over no. well with a lot of people. No, it did not. No, it did not. Actually, it was it was one of our Fright Club screenings back in the day, one of the very first ones we did, and yeah. um, uh, we had some people in the audience who felt the same way. I'm I'm totally good with the 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 finale of the film. I I love the film beginning to end. I think it's really really it's brutal and difficult but wonderful. And I didn't really know Michael Fassbender before I saw this movie. He stuck with me. He's just he's just so outstanding. The only thing I had seen him in before this, and I don't know if we made it first, he was in that, what's it called? Fishbowl? Fishbowl, fish mm-hmm. where he was the uh, much too old, uh, you know, got involved with a much younger uh, girl. And I don't know if that was made before. No, it would have been after because... Okay, well, I saw it yeah, first. Yeah. Uh, and that's where he first uh, got on my radar. But uh, this is one of the ones that uh, was bubbling under before he took off. And I just read today... Uh, a review, the first review I've read of of Steve Jobs, of Steve oh, Jobs, okay. that was just glowing. Yeah, so he's got two out. You yeah. know, Steve, we we see Steve Jobs next week, and then Macbeth. I'm not sure when that's going to screen here, but yeah, he's got two huge movies coming out right now. So yeah, as you said, a lot of um, early talent uh, in this one. Yeah, the two leads and Jack O'Connell, who, uh, as you said, I think we can. Rest assured, we're yeah. going to be hearing from... Uh, he's pretty bankable. ...in the future. So lots of reasons to check that out if you haven't already. Eden Lake is number two, and that moves us up to number one in our Before They Were Stars countdown. Not only because it's a great movie, but because it features two, count them, two of these uh, future big stars, Christian Bale and Reese Witherspoon, and, I should say three, because Anne Jared Leto is in there too. It's American Psycho. I want a firm commitment. I think, um, Evelyn, that, uh, we've lost touch. Why? What's wrong? My need to engage in homicidal behavior on a massive scale cannot be corrected, but uh, I have no other way to fulfill my needs. I need to talk. Talk about what, Patrick? It's over, Evelyn. It's all over. You're inhuman. No. I'm in, I'm in touch with humanity. 
Yeah, that's one thing you can say about him in this movie. He's in touch with humanity, as well as his love for uh, 80s rock. <laughs> little Huey Lewis. little Some soft uh, rock. Little, little Phil Collins. Uh, American Psycho, it's got, uh, it's got Christian Bale, Reese Witherspoon there, is one of the darkly, darkly hilarious scenes. Yeah. Because, you know, he's breaking and he's telling her that he's homicide, he's a homicidal maniac. <laughs> and she's looking around and she's, you know, chatting off, off, off his shoulder with some of her girlfriends until she finally gets it through her head that he's really uh, breaking up with her. Uh, it's, it's just hilarious. And then we, we've talked about before Jared Leto in the very couple of very famous scenes. The business card scene and oh, then yeah. the Huey Lewis scene. Oh, sure. Well, you know, it's not just them also. You got Josh Lucas, Chloe Sevigny, Justin Thoreau. I mean, it's it's just star-studded. It really is, You yeah. know, uh, these people all took off to, you know, fantastic careers, but... And Reese Witherspoon really shows, uh, I mean, she's she's an Oscar winner, she's a very solid, you know, she's very talented, but I think she is a great comic talent. And I think I think her best performances have been comedic performances, and, and that scene that you just showed is, is, a, is a prime example of it. She's, she's so funny, she's, she's, and in Election, oh my god, I mean, she's just so funny. Election but, was great, but then, you know, Walk the Line uh, is the one she won the Oscar for, and she was great. And then Wild, she was very good and just was nominated last year. Oh, yeah. No, uh, I'm not saying she's not. She's, she's a good dramatic actress, too. But I just uh, my favorites are all of her comic performances, including this one. But I don't think that includes. What was that one you had to see last year? Oh, my God. Sophia Vergara. Oh, what was God, that? What was that called? Hot Pursuit? <laughs> Hot Pursuit. Oh, you, you hated Jesus. that so much. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you and everybody else. Oh. But, uh, yeah, no, I think you're right because this movie is so darkly Hilarious. We've played the business card scene before on this podcast, and I think every time I see the business card scene, it gets funnier to me. <laughs> uh, just when I, when I see it, I think people can't watch this movie. If you don't think it's a comedy, I just, it, it, it's hilarious, especially, yeah. especially in, that, in that scene. But, and of course, the, uh, the Huey Lewis scene, which has been viewed many, many times and hilariously par- parodied by Huey Lewis and Weird Al Yankovic themselves. Oh, yeah. Which is just great. So those those have kind of uh, been pulled from the movie to be the most famous scenes. But yeah, this one and and so many other images. You know, running naked with a chainsaw. Oh my god! I mean, the whole thing is full. But that's of, what it comes down to. I mean, it's it's a brilliantly written. It's really a brilliantly written movie, and it's it incredibly is. well directed. There is just so much. I mean, every single thing in every single uh, frame is just perfect. The performances are outstanding. But more than anything, it's just it's just Christian Bale. You know, and it's not as if he had been a nobody prior to this. Chris, he was Empire of the Sun when he was a child. Right. But he, he'd really fallen on hard times. I mean, he hadn't made a decent movie. He really hadn't made a movie anybody had heard of in years and years. And this was his the stepping stone toward greatness, of course, an Oscar winner and a perennial contender and just one of the all-time great actors. All-time great. Yeah. He's, he's so good. So you've got three in, in this movie here. You've got three future Oscar winners. And it's funny because after this... Jared Leto kind of it took a while for him it to did. get rolling. It did. Uh, he had that side uh, track with with music, which he still does yeah. with his band um, Thirty Seconds to Mars. Uh, but now, of course, all the way Requiem he's an Oscar winner. Requiem for a dream. Does that count for a horror movie? Because it horrified me. I tell you, oh my god! Now I just watched that the other night. Parts of it. It was on late night. I was up. I couldn't sleep or whatever, uh, and uh, and watched some of that. Oh man, rough. But, uh, yeah, before he came back big, of course, sure. uh, with the Oscar win, and now he's getting ready to uh, reboot the Joker in the big Suicide shoes Squad. To fill. Big shoes to fill, but you know what? I- I'm very interested to see what he can do with it, yeah. because uh, that is, that's a challenge. That is a huge challenge. But, yeah, so that's uh, not only because how good the movie is, but because you've got three of these in this movie. 
Uh, and all the other the other uh, very big talents you mm-hmm, mentioned mm-hmm. Uh, puts American Psycho at numero uno in our Before They Were Stars. How You Like Me Now countdown and American Psycho from uh, from 2000. And that, of course, is based on the uh, Brett Easton Ellis novel that uh, a lot of fans of the book don't w- like the movie. weren't wild about the movie adaptation. I didn't read the book, so I can't say. I can just as you tell, tell you as a movie. Thumbs up, big time. Oh, my God. I, for, for my money, it's the very best ever um, horror comedy. Yeah, I agree. Well, I, I, we've done that countdown mm-hmm. before, and it was mm-hmm. number one. So, yeah. So, number one on this uh, countdown as well. And that takes us up to uh, looking ahead to the next couple of weeks. Yep. You know, actually, if you want to, if you feel like it, you can hop over to ScreenRelish.com. I did the Saturday Screamer this week. And, coincidentally, I celebrate American Psycho. So, you can read, <laughs> you can read me it say all, more lovely things about it. It all comes together. But you know what? If there's some that we missed... Uh, some big stars now and movies that we miss, please let us know because uh, that's what we love to keep talking about uh, on Twitter at Mad Wolf, M A D D W O L F. Of course, screenrelish.com. Lots of ways to get a hold of us, but if there's any uh, big stars that had these uh, had these good smaller yeah, roles. Yeah, little gems, right? Little so gems. we're not talking about Critters 3 and Leonardo DiCaprio or, you know, He Knows You're Alone and Tom Hanks. We're not talking about the bad early ones, you know, but yeah. the ones where, uh, you know, Big stars, you know, may, got their break in something that's worth seeing, especially yeah. if maybe not a lot of people saw it. Yeah, definitely. So uh, let us know, and uh, be sure to stop by, if you if you can, in the area this Wednesday at the Gateway Film Center for Fright Club Live. Going to uh, show Housebound on the big screen, have a bunch of fun, hoot and holler, and we're also going to record this podcast with a live audience. That's live. right, so you can help us count down the five best Kiwi horror movies. Always fun. So uh, if you have any thoughts on that as well, any New Zealand treasures, uh, let us know and uh, we'll add them to the list. Hopefully, That's right. Hopefully to make the list. We're going to have a, uh, we have uh, uh, upcoming, we're going to have a co-host, Neil McRobert at NACMAC. You might remember him at NACMAC because I love his, his Twitter. He's going to help us uh, count down the best on screen Stephen King movies. That's coming up not too long. Oh, that's right, because he's a big Stephen King uh, expert. Yes, correct? he is. He is yeah. a Stephen King expert. So, Interesting. Yeah, so there could be a fight. I don't know. I'm just prepping you. <laughs> well, we should also bring up, speaking of you just talking to Rodney Asher, uh, bring up uh, Room 237 and get yeah. his thoughts on that as well. Yeah. So that that should be interesting. That should be a fun one. Actually, we got a couple of suggestions actually online from on Twitter from AJ the Greek. He would like to see, he would like to hear one. Best horror movie openings. Good. It's a nice idea. And then uh, best endings. Openings and endings. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Love those ideas. I love those names. Uh, <laughs> Dirk Diggler. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Obscure Boogie Nights reference <laughs> thrown in there. But yeah, so all that's coming down. Uh, we look forward to it. Always look forward to hearing from you as well. And until then... I'm Hope Madden. And I am George Wolf, And this is the Fright Club Podcast. Stay frightful, my friends. Are you like me now?